Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. So this week, uh, we are continuing this series that we started last week. And last week, we introduced you to this principle that is sometimes called the principle of the path. And if you weren't here, it's so foundational, I would really encourage you to go back and watch or listen to that message. And basically, we said the principle of the path goes like this, that direction, not intention, determines destination. That if you were to pack up your shorts and sunscreen to go to the beach, hop in your car and get on I-35 going north, okay, you're not going to make it to Galveston or Corpus Christi or anywhere along the Gulf Coast. And it doesn't matter how much you pray. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how long you've been planning that trip. You will not arrive at the beach because direction, not intention, determines destination. Now, we know that without a doubt, right, in the world of driving, in the world of hiking. But when it comes to other areas of life, maybe it's our dating lives, our marriage, our parenting, our morals, our educational pursuits, all the rest of our lives, oftentimes there's a disconnect with this very same principle, right, that we intend to go here, but we get on a path that's taking us there. And then when we get there, we go, God, what's wrong? Where were you? Why am I where I am? And God and your friends say, because that's the path you chose and your direction determined your destination. And then we talked about the fact that part of this disconnect that we have is because of a lie that our culture feeds us that says, it doesn't matter really what path you get on as long as your intentions are good. If you mean well, then somehow you will magically end up there. It won't happen. And so today I wanna begin answering this question. How do you know which path to get on? And this is tough. Because nobody wants to wake up in their 30s and wish they had chosen a different path when they were in their 20s, right? Nobody wants to wake up in their 50s and wish they had chosen a different path when they were in their 30s. But you only get one chance to be in your 20s. You only get one chance to be a senior in high school. I say once, but for some people, maybe a couple of times. (laughs) Hopefully, eventually you move on. But I mean, you only get one chance to be a a freshman in college. You only get one first marriage. There are so many stages of life and you don't have any time to waste. And so the last thing you wanna do is to complicate your life, right? To pray and wish and dream in one direction, but then accidentally or on purpose, get on a path that's taking you somewhere else. So how do you know when you're making these decisions, which path to take? I mean, how do you know if marrying this guy or marrying this girl is really the path you need to be on to get you to where you want to be? Or how do you know in life if the way you're handling your finances, what you're doing with your money is really going to get you to where you want to be? I mean, those are major life decisions, right? They're not isolated incidents or events. They are paths that you're taking. And you don't want to waste time because time is your life. And you don't want to end up several years down the road and and then have to backtrack. I mean, if you get lost driving, you lose minutes. If you get lost in life, you waste years, seasons. You don't want to do that. Well, there are several ways to figure out the right path. And I want to introduce you to one in particular today. 
I wanna teach you a passage of scripture and a prayer that I think could dramatically change your life. Okay, this verse and this prayer can help you decide which path to get on and in some cases, which paths to get off of. Because again, at every season of life, things are new and you just don't know. I mean, if you think about how crazy it is to get married and choose a partner, I mean, how can someone who's never been married before make a good decision about getting married? I mean, you've never been married before. And yet you only get one first marriage. Or how about a second marriage? You've been married before, but now you have all this baggage that kind of warps your perspective on marriage. You're in a new season of life. How do you know what to do so you don't get on the wrong path? Well, to get us started today, I'm gonna to teach you a powerful little verse of scripture. Okay, we're gonna memorize this passage of scripture by the time this series is done, I assure you, okay? I'm gonna put it up on the screen here. And in just a second, I'm gonna ask us to read it out loud together. I've also printed it in your bulletin. I would encourage you to take this home, incorporate it into your spiritual journey, all right? The verse goes like this. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. Now let's say this out loud together. Can we do that? Here we go. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. Okay, that was good. All right, now let's have all the guys say the first part and the ladies say the second part. <laughs> it's no slam on you ladies, okay? I just chose that, all right? Ready, guys? Here we go. The prudent see danger and take refuge, ladies, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. <laughs> That's even better, okay? Now let's have all the left-handed people say, no, nah, I'm kidding, all right? <laughs> Here's the thing about this verse, okay? That the prudent see danger and do what? Take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Have you ever sat down with someone, you know, for lunch or over coffee, and they begin to tell you their story and, and their life's just a mess? Right? Maybe, maybe their marriage is upside down, their finances are in trouble, maybe they made a bad career choice, a bad relationship choice, whatever, and they're telling you the story and you're just kind of sitting there shaking your head. Has that ever happened to you? It happens to me a lot. I'm not a professional counselor, but I do a lot of pastoral counseling and, and I listen to people tell their stories. And then I go home and I tell my family, you don't want to end up like them, okay? I'm kidding, all right? I, I have strict confidentiality in my counseling, okay? I don't name names, just initials. But <laughs> again, joking. <laughs> That's going to clear my counseling schedule a little bit, but <clears throat> there goes my credibility. Anyway, you've, you've probably been in a situation like that, haven't you? where someone is telling you their story and before they even get to the end of it, you know what's gonna happen. And you're thinking, oh, you should have seen this coming. And about half the time I'll interrupt and say, now, now wait a second. When she said that, didn't you kind of go, uh-oh? Right? Or, or when that happened, didn't you get suspicious? Didn't you kind of see it coming? And I'm telling you nine out of 10 times, they'll go, well, yeah, but. And then I'll ask a second question. During that period when your life was kind of teetering on the edge of disaster, did anybody warn you? Like, did a roommate or a relative or a friend say something to you? Like, you know what? I think you're spending a little too much time with her. Or, or do you always drink that much after work? And about half the time I will hear, well, yeah. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The simple keep going and they suffer for it. Now, in this verse, you have two people, two responses, and two outcomes, don't you? 
The prudent in the book of Proverbs, that's the wise person. In fact, those terms are used interchangeably. And the wise person understands that life is connected, that there is cause and effect, right? They understand, they realize that what happens yesterday is connected to what happens today, is connected to what happens tomorrow, that oftentimes life is linear, that if you're at A and you move to B, chances are you're going to C. The simple or naive, they think life is disconnected. They think, you know, today's about today, tomorrow's about tomorrow. They're not really connected. Oh, yeah, the fact that it happened the last four times I was there doesn't mean it's going to happen the next time I show up. I mean, just because the last time we doesn't mean the next time we. They don't connect the dots about the future. They just think, oh, it's all going to work out. That I can have intention A and be on path B, and somehow path B is going to lead me to intention A. The prudent see danger and say, "Uh uh-oh, there's an issue, a roadblock, a problem, and they respond to the data. They look at the information and say, what would be the logical thing to do? What would a reasonable person do if this was in the path? And they do it. But the simple just keep going. They keep going. And you've seen this, maybe even said this, right? The simple go, oh, yeah, that, that could be a problem. I, I probably ought to. Well, what are you going to do about it? Oh, oh nothing, nothing. Yeah, I, I, mean, you're, I mean, you know, yeah, you're right, mom. You're right. I, I probably should. Well, aren't you going to do something? No, I'm just going to keep going. What? I mean, don't you see? Oh, yeah, that's a problem. I probably should stop this. I'm not arguing with you. You know, the simple thing, if I drive toward the wall, when I get to the wall, I'm not going to hit the wall. Excuse me? Yeah, I'm just going to get there. And when I get there, it's all going to work out. Really? Now, you hate to be characterized as simple or naive because you think, hey, I'm 30 years old, right? I'm 40 years old, whatever. I'm not simple. I'm not naive. But when you see a problem in the future and say, you know, I probably should quit that now. I probably ought to change, but you keep going. The Bible says that you're simple. You're naive. You're somehow assuming that you can break this principle to be on a particular path and never arrive at the destination to which that path leads. Now, let me tell you how religious people handle this. As you're listening to this message today, you're gonna feel really, really convicted, okay? You go, yeah, you're right, you're right. And then here's what happens. We confuse that conviction and feeling with actually doing something about it. And so you walk out of here and you go, you know, I really, I really, you know, I ought to stop drinking so much. I should end this relationship. I need to break up. And when you're sitting here this morning, you're feeling so convicted and it feels good to be convicted in church because you feel like God is so close. You feel like God is speaking to you. You have this powerful experience. You're like, I love this church, right? And, And you get all emotional about it and it feels really spiritual in the moment. And then you walk out of here and you do nothing. You know what that is? That's a waste of time. And you know how much good feeling spiritual, feeling convicted does you? Not only does it do no good, it actually does negative good. Because what happens is you walk out going, boy, I really enjoyed the worship today. I mean, the pastor spoke to me. I felt so convicted. So what are you going to do about it? Eh, just keep going. And you never miss church. You sing all the songs. You give. You feel emotional at times. But you just keep going. The prudent see danger and do something. The simple, they feel convicted. Say, you're right, you're right. But they just keep going. And there are two results here. The prudent see danger and what? They take 
refuge. Now, I'll tell you this. Oftentimes, the result of being prudent is you might look foolish to other people because you're acting like then is now. The prudent, they don't wait until they're at the wall, at the brink of disaster, right? They stop a few miles ahead of time. They look ahead. They make changes before they get there. So they may look foolish, but they avoid pain. They avoid unnecessary problems, right? They take refuge. But the writer of Proverbs says the simple or the naive, they keep going and what? Say it with me. They suffer for it. Now, having talked with enough suffering people who brought it on themselves, they'll often say things like, God, why would you let this happen to me? It's because God works through principles. Okay, if you jump off a building and hit the concrete, don't blame God, okay? It's the principle of gravity, right? He put it into place. He warned us. You learned this as a child. That's why we're all born short, okay? Because not a lot can happen, right? You didn't know that, did you? We're all born short, so when we fall over, it doesn't hurt so bad. When you fall over at my age, it hurts, okay? So the simple, they keep going and they suffer for it. And then when we suffer, we're mad at God. We're frustrated at life. God, why would you let this happen? And God's going, I gave you this passage almost 3,000 years ago. This isn't new. You should read this. You should pay attention. Because there are points at which there is no return. Did you know that? Whether it's your finances, your marriage, your relationships, there are points at which you've gone so far down the road that all you have left are bad options, right? Your life is unraveling and you have three options and it's like bad, bad, and bad. And you're thinking, man, I wish I could go back a few years when I had better options. Then I could get off this path with very little consequences. But there comes a point in time where you've gone so far down a path that you have no good options left. You suffer harm. Why? Because you kept going. You felt convicted and you said, yeah, I, I really should make a change. I really should do something. But, you know, I, I feel like I'm close enough to God. Maybe God won't let me suffer harm here. You know, maybe God's going to be able, it's all going to work out. I just know. And besides, so many other people I know are on this path. We can't all be wrong. The Bible says if you keep going, you'll suffer harm. I mean, if you're 60 years old, that's not the time to begin thinking about saving for retirement, is it? No. I mean, I don't care how much you pray, how much you plan. You kind of missed that opportunity, right? You kept going. And now you're 60 and you wish every time in the past somebody had talked to you about saving, investing, backing down your lifestyle, you had acted. And every time that came up, right, you said, yeah, we really ought to do something. We need to get that financial planner. You didn't disagree. You just didn't do anything. Hey, ladies, girls, when you're pregnant, that's not the time to figure out, do I really love this guy? Okay. Happens all the time. Right? But now you've, you've gone so far down that path that all of your options are bad. You're thinking, man, gosh, I wish I could go back and choose whether or not I wanted to marry this guy three years ago, nine months ago, right? I, I wish I had stopped and evaluated at that point in time when I had better options. And now you're suffering. And it's your fault. God doesn't love you any less. He couldn't love you anymore. But the pain, the frustration, the suffering, it's because you tried to break this principle. And you don't break it. You just break yourself against it. You are exactly where your path led you. It wasn't your intention. Not at all. But direction, not intention, determines destination. Or, or once you're an addict, that's not the time to think, boy, I ought to be more disciplined. Now, the opportunity to be disciplined is gone. You're an addict, right? 
And now none of your options are very good, right? You've gone too far down that path. If you confess to your spouse, if you confess to your employer, that's not good. If you don't confess, that's even worse because secrets continue to grow. So now none of your options are really good. But there was a time when you had good options and people said to you, hey, yeah, I think you're drinking a little too much. I think you're spending a little too much time on the internet. I think you're spending a little too much time with her. And you said, yeah, you're probably right. But you just kept going. And now you're suffering. You know, there are two areas in particular where I think this principle is probably the most important for you and me. And those are the areas of relationships and finances. Let's talk about these just for a second here. When it comes to relationships, download this. Never evaluate a relationship based on where it is. Always evaluate relationships based on where they're heading. All relationships move. They're either getting better or worse, right? They're, they're either getting stronger or weaker, more intimate or less intimate. The prudent see danger and they take refuge. The simple keep going and they suffer for it. That's why if you're married and your wife says to you, honey, I really think we need to see someone about our marriage. You know what they're doing? They're saying we were at A and we moved to B and now we're heading towards C and we need to do something. And you're going, but, but honey, we haven't had an argument in two days. <laughs> she says, yeah, you've been out of town the last couple of days, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but everything's fine today. It's a path, people. And today is just an itty bitty bit worse than yesterday. And yesterday was an itty bitty bit worse than the day before. It's a slow incremental change and your spouse is seeing where things are going. So do something. It's the same with finances. That's why if I had one wish for everybody in this church financially, believe it or not, it would not be that you give more money to this church. Okay, my wish for you would be that you would take this principle to heart, that the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. So if you're a slave today because of consumer debt, you'll be an even bigger slave tomorrow, a year from now, five years from now. And you may be oh so generous in your heart, but you can't be generous with your checkbook because you're a slave. Now, nobody starts their career path off thinking, you know, I can't wait to have so much consumer debt that I'm a slave to people I don't even know. I'm just a number on a computer. I can't wait to live with almost no margin in a house I can't afford, leasing cars that I shouldn't be leasing. One day I'll get there. Nobody wants that. I mean, your dream is to be financially free, to have savings and a retirement. But if you're on a path that's all about leveraging debt for lifestyle, that's a path that leads somewhere. Simple, keep going. You say, yeah, we, we probably ought to downsize. Yeah, we probably ought to sell something. Are you going to? Nah, because nobody else is. And surely we're not all wrong. The prudent see danger and they do something. Now, if you decide to get serious about this principle, there are four words I'd like you to write down. These aren't steps, just four dynamics that kind of go along with this principle. The first one is this, action. Action, you have to do something. End that relationship, make a phone call, have a hard conversation, get a new job, get rid of your cable. You have to move, downsize, sell something. I don't know what it's gonna be for you. But the prudence see danger, and it doesn't say they pray about it. Doesn't say they think about it. Doesn't say they contemplate it. When they see danger, they take refuge. They do something. Not just feel bad about your situation. Not just feel so close to God because you had this spiritual experience. You have to take action. That's the first one. The second word is the word sacrifice. Okay? 
You have to give something up. This principle requires sacrifice. We're not good at this. That's why we have so much debt as a society. We're not good at giving stuff up. In fact, you probably have stuff that you can't afford that you shouldn't have purchased in the first place, right? We go the opposite direction. We accumulate stuff we don't need. That's just the culture we live in. So this whole idea of sacrifice, it's different. It's uncomfortable. But if you apply this principle, you're gonna have to sacrifice something. You know, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's money, maybe it's a certain lifestyle. I don't know what it's gonna be for you, but I know from experience it requires sacrifice. And that's why many of us are not gonna take action on this sermon today, because the sacrifice is too big. And so you'll get in your car and you'll go home to your same lifestyle, same habits, same relationships, right? And you'll be saying, yeah, he's probably right, but it would be so complicated. I mean, how am I gonna explain to her, right? I, you know, I was at church today, I heard this sermon and, and now I gotta move out. Yeah, I know what I said, but, but I heard this sermon. Yeah, Brian, that's great, but it's just too complicated. So I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. The third word is the word embarrassment. This can be an embarrassing thing to do because the people who know you, they're gonna look at what you do based on what they see right now. And so they're not gonna get it, are they? Because you're acting like what is then is now. You've decided I'm gonna look down the road into the future and if I see danger coming, I'm gonna act like what is there is here right now. Which means when you make decisions, your friends won't understand, even the really smart people around you, they won't understand. And you won't be able to fully explain it. In fact, in some cases, you're not even gonna be able to talk about it because it's so personal in nature. So people won't understand and that can lead to an element of embarrassment. Just plan on it. And then the fourth word, this is a good one. The fourth word is the word relief. Because there may come a day in the future when you breathe a huge sigh of relief. In fact, you may look back on this day as the day when you got off a path that was leading somewhere destructive in your life. And a year from now, three years from now, you look back and you breathe this huge sigh of relief and say, whew, what if I hadn't acted? What if I hadn't made that decision? What if I hadn't ended that relationship? What if I hadn't confronted him? And you breathe a sigh of relief. So action, sacrifice, maybe a little embarrassment, and a huge sigh of relief. Or it's so much easier just to keep going and one day suffer harm. Now earlier, I promised you a prayer that if you pray it regularly, could dramatically change your life. Well, here it is. It's very simple. It goes like this. Heavenly Father, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. Then grant me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. That's it in a nutshell. Heavenly Father, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. Then grant me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. I have prayed something along those lines many, many times in my life and many, many times I've breathed a huge sigh of relief and said, what if I hadn't seen that one? Or, or what if I hadn't acted? Now there's no guarantee I'm gonna get it right every time in the future, but I pray that prayer for my marriage. I pray it for my ministry. I pray it for my sons. Heavenly Father, I'm not smart enough and I'm always going down paths I've never gone down before and I don't wanna waste my life. I don't want to waste a year. I don't want to waste a month. I don't want to waste a single day. And, and I don't want to have to backtrack. I don't want to get to the point where all my options are bad because I went so far down a path and kept saying, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, but I didn't change. I don't want that to happen. I want to get to the end of my life 
and whew, breathe a huge sigh of relief. So Heavenly Father, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. Then grant me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Now, even as I'm talking, let me ask you, have you thought of some path you need to get off of? Let me tell you, the temptation will be to go, yeah, yeah, you're right, and elbow, elbow, high fives, oh yeah, just keep going. And even if you never miss church, you give, you pray, you do all these things, but you just keep going, you will suffer harm. And there may come a day where you would give anything to come back to this day and say, I wish I had acted on what I knew to do. So let me close with this. Don't waste another minute going down a path that's leading somewhere you don't want to be. Financially, relationally, academically, right? With whatever, recreationally, with drugs, alcohol, some other substances in life, with your business, whatever it may be, don't waste another minute because your heavenly father who loves you, I assure you, he's put enough warning signs in the middle of that road and said, danger is coming. Now it's up to you to do something. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The simple, the naive, keep going and suffer for it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I know that right now there are so many thoughts about how this might play out with us. And Father, probably most of us would agree, yeah, yeah, I ought to, I ought to, and that's right, and Brian, you're talking to me, and how did you know? Father, I pray that you would quickly move us beyond all that to the real question. Are we going to act? Are we going to make that call? Are we going to make that change? Are we going to follow you? Are we going to get off that path? Are we going to choose to be wise and prudent? And my prayer for all of us here is that this would be the day that our naiveness, our simplicity, that all that changes. Father, help us to see trouble coming long before it gets here. And Lord, grant us the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. In Jesus' name.